You are now listening to From the Father's Heart Podcast, where we empower you to live your best life by falling in love with a real God and connecting you to personal testimonies of everyday people. I'm your host, Adriana Guadalupe of adrianaguadalupe.com, and I pray that you're encouraged as you listen to this episode. So without further ado, let's get started. All right. Thanks so much, guys, for joining today's conversation. Um, I'm going to be having a conversation with one of my great friends, Sequoia Freeman. She's the owner and founder of Next Steps Media. Um, I love her to death. She's my favorite person, (laughs) one of my favorite people in the world. And um, I really struggled with uh, what this podcast episode is going to be. Because I have, like, Sequoia knows because she was with me when I had my whole agenda. I had a whole agenda set out with what my podcast episodes were going to be. But in light of the crisis in America and things that are going on, I feel like it'll be um, unjust of me to have a platform and not use it correctly for God's heart. So it's called From the Father's Heart for a reason. Um, I want to express God's heart. And I think um, God right now wants everybody to just take a big pause and talk about things that really matter. So, Sequoia, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and where people can find you online to get to know you a little better? Yeah. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Um, Again, like she said, I'm Sequoia Freeman, and I'm the owner and CEO of Next Steps Media, LLC. And basically, my um, business um, helps other businesses and organizations and people take their next steps as far as elevating, getting their voice out there using social media, video, photography, branding, and just all things digital and communications. Um, So that's really, you know, just my focus. Um, I've basically been doing digital media um, content creating for I guess like the past maybe 10 years or so since like my college days and grad school days um, just always had an interest in creating content I worked in television for a while um, and radio for a while and just also in different social media spaces so that's what I'm currently doing now and I'm just like so happy to be here (laughs) Woo! So um, where can people find you if they want to get to know you better and want Mm -hmm. to work with you or just see what you're about? Where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, sequoiafreeman.com, S-A-Q-U-O-I-A. F-R-E-E-M-A-N.com. And as soon as you get to my page, you'll see um, why I started my business and it'll take you to a link to that. It will take you a link to my YouTube channel and also just like my portfolio and also the contact page. And on the contact page, there's a form that people can fill out to be able to get a consultation with me and just kind of take their next steps from there. Sweet. All right. Um, So I want to have this conversation with you specifically because I know that you are very um, vocal about the Black community Mm -hmm. um, being Black yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, You're very vocal about it and you're not afraid to uh, challenge systems and to really just stand up for justice. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to talk to you too because you are a business owner and you also have experienced what it's like to be not only a black American but a woman Mm -hmm. in a man's world Mm -hmm. so um, I really just appreciate your story I appreciate your testimony just getting to know you as a friend Um, so I really want to give you this platform in order to help you just share your story and maybe help others understand um, what's going on in America and some ways that they can help. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really praying about this because it sits really heavy on my heart. I'm a Latina woman in America, mm-hmm. so I have some injustices against mm-hmm. me already. Right. Um, but I don't know what it's like to be black of, you know, a dark colored mm-hmm. person in America. Right. Um, there are Hispanics that are dark skinned and mm-hmm. half my family is that. Mm-hmm. And I grew up um, experiencing injustice against them. Mm-hmm. People, uh, you know, thought that they were African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the Hispanic culture, 
there are still prejudices against darker colored Hispanics. Right. So um, I know this really hits home for me mm-hmm. because I have, you know, flesh and, and blood that have experienced this. And I grew up watching that or being in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And it really hits home for me. So when I see, um, you know, my friends and my family um, responding to, you know, events that are going on, um, I feel the need to respond because I feel so close to it. Right. Now, there's people who are not close to it because they've never experienced that or they've chosen not to see it. Right. um, Or they've been brought up very differently. But I don't want to really talk about whether or not there is a crisis. There is a crisis, obviously. We're not we're not going to sit here and try to validate the severity of it. Right. Um, obviously, it's pretty severe. People are rioting and, you know, protesting. Yeah. And, you know, there's all kinds of craziness going on right now. Um, we are not here to validate the severity. I want to have a conversation because I want people to understand that um, there are things that you can do to help without, you know, stepping out onto the road holding a sign yeah you know Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna like dive into that a little bit but when I was praying God really um spoke to me and reminded me of a year in my life where I really suffered um I felt like Job in the Bible (laughs) where you know one messenger came and told him some bad news and then before they could end their sentence the next messenger came and told him bad news mm-hmm. and then the next messenger came and it was like a year of that like a year of just one thing after another right. coming against me so I may not know what it is to suffer as a black um, American mm-hmm. but I do know what it is to suffer mm-hmm. and when I see my brothers and sisters suffering in America I can relate to suffering I may not be able to relate to their specific circumstance or situation, right. but I can relate to the pain. You know, like right. I felt pain before as a human being. Right. And um, I, I was praying because I, I was telling God, like, I feel like we've been desensitized in America to humanity mm-hmm. and to what it feels like to mourn with those who mourn. Right. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who try to just justify um, the situation or try to validate the situation before they they feel the situation right and that kind of scares me because now I, I feel like my daughter's growing up in a society where people rather validate the situation before they can feel the pain mm-hmm. of the situation and that that to me screams that we're losing our touch with humanity right. and what it is to really be human um, but I had this verse that God really spoke to me and he was like, this is what I want you to do in this season. Because like everybody else, I was like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Right. (laughs) Um, And he brought me to second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four, Mm -hmm. Um, five kind of, you know, sums it all up, but verses three and four are really the bread and butter here. Mm -hmm. And it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies, and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There's a lot of comfort in, right, <laughs> right. in those verses. And I really felt like God was like, um, you need to help people understand how to comfort others. Right. Because... Um, I might never know what it is to be Sequoia Freeman living in America. Um, You may never know what it's like to be Adriana Guadalupe living in America, but I can still comfort you with the comfort that I received Mm -hmm. from God. I had a season of suffering. I know what it is to suffer. And because I've been comforted in a season of suffering, I know what it is to comfort others in their seasons of suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really want you to just share with me because I want to I want to better understand you too right I mean I I have a relationship with you so I'm kind of a step <laughs> ahead of you know people who are listening <laughs> but um I really want to understand like how has um this whole situation with like George Floyd and 
um, Breonna Taylor and like all these events that have happened recently like how has this really impacted you personally yeah so you mentioned before about being desensitized and um I was speaking to some of my friends and we were talking about at some point we've kind of became numb to a lot of the stuff um, that we've been seeing and that's been going on and it's really unfortunate because you know we've just seen it so much um, right. and it's been happening so much and it's things that are happening in this lifetime that happened in my grandparents' lifetime. And so mm -hmm. at some point, like generation after generation after generation, some of us have really have become numb and we're just like, this is really going on. And we're like, is it gonna happen again? And we're just kind of prepared for yeah. all of that. Um, and so for me, I had to kind of get out of feeling numb and actually be like, okay, <laughs> something yeah, needs to okay. change. Like I actually have to get back to saying to myself, this is not okay. Um, yeah. And actually having to do some self-care um, and you know, sometimes getting off of social media or not looking at the news. Um, and so I pray, I talk to my parents who have definitely <laughs> been through <laughs> some stuff. And um, yeah. as far as, you know, racial injustice and inequality. Um, and so I talk to, you know, people and just kind of like, I pray, um, I have to read the word and I definitely just have to ask God, okay, what needs to be done? What do I need to do? Or what can you, God, do for me <laughs> in this season? Yeah. Um, so that has definitely um, really helped. And um, also forcing, not really forcing myself into circles, but um, opening up myself to being part of diverse circles. So for me, yeah. growing up, um, I always kind of stuck to just having friends who are people of color and it was because I did that on purpose it just happened naturally or you know white people in my school didn't want to be friends with us it was just either right. you know that's just what it you know, what it was and um so when I, I moved around a lot because I'm an army brat and so um we moved around a lot and so I had the you know I don't know how to say this but I was able to be part of be in different circles so when we had moved to um, North Chicago, uh, my parents got stationed out there. And so it was my first time going to an all black middle school and high school. <laughs> and oh, wow. Before, it was kind of like a diverse mix, but this is my first time just being a part of that. And I had like a culture shock, which is weird because I'm black myself. <laughs> I go home to you know, <laughs> my family, but to be in that all day, I was like, this is really interesting. But I felt so um, seen. Um, I had mm. black teachers and having black coaches and friends and black people in my neighborhood. I felt so seen and really a part of something. But then after that, we moved to Virginia. <laughs> and we moved oh, to the South. Well, that's different. <laughs> and so I was kind of prepared for that. You know, I was born in Virginia, but I obviously didn't remember that. But going back mm. there, so the rest of my high school career, I have seen some things that I was like, I cannot wait to get out of here. Um, mm. my first day of school, I wanted to take, you know, all of the advanced classes. And so when I did, I didn't have any, there were, that's what I mean, like one or two other black students in my class. And I'm like, what is happening? Where are all the black kids? <laughs> I was really <laughs> confused. <laughs> and so, um, I really just had to kind of like search for like my people. That's how I felt. But, um, mm. and so even with that, like I would go to school and I would see the kids wearing Confederate flags and just. They were like, oh, it's part of our history. Like, you know, it's not racist. And I'm like, you do understand that part of that heritage and that culture is based off of racism and slavery. Like, how can you say that? But those are the kids mm -hmm. I was going to school with. And those were the things that we had to, like, deal with. And so um, during my senior year of high school, I became the president of the youth NAACP for my city, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Um, and so during that time, I was just very like, you know, active, I was very vocal just about, you know, people of color and, and inequality and education for, you know, black kids and us going to college or finding great jobs. Um, so that was really, really just like on that. <laughs> and then, yeah. um, you know, I also went to a, an all black church, you know, like that's, that's what I grew up in. Um, and I've only had an experience in like a kind of like maybe a white 
church like once because <laughs> they were having like an event but other than that I never went to like a white church it was always just a black church black culture we always did black history programs so everything was just black 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 um and so mm-hmm. I wanted to go to a historical black college and university when I graduated from high school so I applied to all of these you know HBCUs and I got into all of them but the Lord led me to one of the largest Christian universities in the country, which is Liberty University. Um, and it was predominantly white. <laughs> and so um, yeah. I was like, I guess I'll be going here. <laughs> and so, you know, when I got there, you know, it was cool. It was awesome just to be, I guess, always in a, in a place where Christian values were number one. And so that was kind of different yeah. to focus on my relationship with the Lord versus black, 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 <laughs> and how to navigate the role as a black mm-hmm. person. It was focusing on, well, how can the Lord just give me strength during this time and how to be an ambassador for Christ? You know, so because of that, I really wasn't as vocal about, you know, um, you know, black issues and things like that. You know, I joined a ministry team that was mainly black as an urban ministry team. And so I was surrounded still by like my people, but, um, I also noticed when I look back, I probably only had one or maybe three white friends during my whole entire college mm-hmm. experience. And there were maybe like 10,000 people that went to the school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had no white <laughs> roommates, but I still wasn't really trying to connect with them right. as much. And um, so, you know, there were like some issues there, like even just going to class and like, you know, some of the students just really, you know, were understanding just of me being a black person, like, you know, our, our maybe gospel music or black history month, like that wasn't celebrated there. And it was a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And it really became an issue when Barack Obama became president. And I remember that day, like it was yesterday. Um, I've never felt so like small. I've never felt like, you know, like just not on an equal um, playing field with the other white students until that night when he became president. <laughs> uh, my friends and I mm. were talking about that. We were like, yeah, like we remember that. Like as soon as Barack Obama was announced president, all of the, like most of the white students tore the area up. Like they were so upset. And I was oh like, why are you guys upset? Like, this is like, what in the world is happening <laughs> that you're not seeing why mm. this is such a monumental moment for the people that you're calling your brothers and sisters in Christ. So from there, I kind of, kind of shrank back and I was just like, I need to be more vocal about (laughs) black issues. Like at that, at that moment, I just felt like, so being a Christian just wasn't enough to be friends with these people. Um, I really had to let them know like, Hey, (laughs) there's injustice and you need to see that and you need to fight for us too. Um, But unfortunately like that just wasn't happening. And, you know, Unfortunately, even till to this day, you know, that's that school is still having issues, um, but they're getting better at it. Um, And so I was able to take, you know, African-American literature classes at Liberty, you know, at a Christian school. Like it was still like some things that I was still able to do and people were still speaking up and we still trying to have a voice on campus. uh, But it was hard. And when I graduated from college, it gave me kind of like this back again. You know, this is the reason I don't have white friends. Like, I just kept saying that in my head. This is the reason mm. why I had to stick to people of color, which was unfortunate. And I did not want to be that way. I didn't want to be that way. Right. Um, and so when I ended up going to, you know, the church that we go to now, like, I felt like I just had to be around a diverse group of people. I had to open up my circle again. I had to just see people the way that um, God sees them and know that not everyone's going to try mm. to hurt you. <laughs> They're not all trying yeah. to come after you and and keep you down like no they want to pray for you they want to love on you like they want to they, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ um, and so just being at the church we're at now like you know it's so diverse and um, our pastor speaks out he prays for us he's very vocal and I'm just like this is what we need and this is what is very yeah. comforting to see that people are not just standing with us during the time this for this week but they have always been standing for us um, this past couple right. of years and so um, that should literally answer your question. <laughs> it just kind of like brought me back to like <laughs> everything. Um, so it just, you know, I just having, you know, the diverse group of friends that I have now have really had just 
strengthened me. Um, and also like um, my mm-hmm. friends have been reaching out to me personally and asking me like, you know, what can I do? Even though they've been asking that before, um, they want to ask again, like they want to do more now. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing your story. I mean, it's, um, it's crazy to think that, we all have a little bit of prejudice in us because of the way that right. we were brought up and because of our experiences. Like, um, I didn't grow up in mm-hmm. a good neighborhood um, because, you know, my mom was a single mom for a while before my stepdad came mm-hmm. into the picture. And, you know, it's just circumstances kind of just put you in that kind of predicament. You don't ask to grow up in the places that you grow up, but mm-hmm. you're there, you know? Um, and because of that, my view on like, police officers was a little mm-hmm. distorted um I don't I didn't automatically trust police officers because mm-hmm. I saw things mm-hmm. growing up and I experienced mm-hmm. things growing up and you know when we lived in the apartment complex that we did there was a lot of uh gang mm-hmm. violence there between um Hispanics mm-hmm. and Blacks there's a you know, Black gang and a Hispanic gang and they would fight sometimes and when the cops would come, it would depend on which cop mm-hmm. came out um, as to whether things okay. were done or not. And I grew up with this um, outlook on law enforcement, like it's not ever right. gonna be fair, you know, like, especially right. for us um, minorities, like whether you're Hispanic or black, for minorities in general, it's just not mm-hmm. gonna be, you know, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be fair. Um, so. It's just crazy that we grow up with this mindset, like, I have to right, stick with my right. people. <laughs> like, I have to stick with my people in order right. to be safe. Um, and it just, it breaks my heart because, like, um, I, don't, I don't want my daughter mm-hmm. growing up that way with that mm-hmm. mentality. Like, I have to stick with my mm-hmm. people to be safe. Like, you should be with any right, kind of people, right. you know, and feel like, you're safe because they're they're your friends or they're your family or Mm -hmm. you know whatever um and i'm grateful that we're in a church like you said that's very diverse but that's also very um grounded in the word of god and living out the truth um not just sugarcoating bad situations with the bible because people do that you know they're like they will wash over a bad situation with mm-hmm. with the bible and try to try to make god this like mm-hmm. sugar coat <laughs> over something instead of really talking about the realness and the rawness of issues that come up and um, i'm grateful that she is going to be growing up with you know quote unquote aunts and uncles who are right. all kinds of colors all right. kind of cultures um and that she feels safe around any of them you know like she's not going to know um, what it is to have that saying, like, I need right. to stick with my people because they're the only ones that understand <laughs> right. me, you know? Like, and I totally get that because as a Hispanic, like, um, there's certain things that we would say, like, white people just right. don't understand, you know? <laughs> like, they just don't get it. And we would, same thing growing up, we would stick with the Spanish yeah. people because, or, you know, next 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 best thing was to go to the black people right because at least they're like you know on the same level in some aspect of us um but yeah it's just funny that you say that I I just have flashbacks too like when you have these kind of conversations you just you can't help but to get um Mm -hmm. fired up (laughs) and emotional because like you've experienced this like firsthand mm-hmm. in your life, you know, um, so you just start going off on these tangents because you're like, <laughs> no, you don't understand though, <laughs> like you don't right. understand. Um, but I want to help people understand that you know it's not so much um, like understanding the situation because obviously if you're white, you're not going to understand what it is to be black. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. Um, but I was watching the conversation between Steve Furtick and John Gray and John Gray said something that really impacted me. He didn't listen to Cindy Lauper, <laughs> you know, like he was a black man. Like he didn't listen to Cindy Lauper, but when he had um, kind of like what you were saying, being intentional about changing up mm-hmm. who you're hanging around and making your circle that much mi- mm-hmm. more diverse. Um, 
Like, he's like, you know, I started listening to Cindy Lauper. I heard Cindy Lauper, and I was like, yeah, I actually like listening to Cindy Lauper, you know? Like, and it's not um, a bad thing, you know, to immerse yourself in right. other people's cultures. And I think that's a great starting point for a lot of people, especially people who are not of color. Um, if you really want to, you're not going to understand the situation as a black person or mm -hmm. as a minority mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but you could at least get yourself right. surrounded with the culture mm -hmm. and embrace it, you know, mm -hmm. and learn about it and not mm -hmm. um, criticize it, but know that it's okay for them to be different and have different things and appreciate them right. for that, those things, right. those differences. Um, so one of the things that uh, you had said um, about being intentional with the whole you know, um, making your circle mm -hmm. more diverse and stuff. Um, one of the things that I noticed in the book of Job, when Job's friends decided to go see him, to go visit him, it's like they actually made an appointment. Like they set time mm -hmm. aside in their schedule to mm -hmm. go to him and to see him. Um, and I, I think that speaks volumes to like what we should be doing when we see yeah. other people suffering. And when we see other people in crisis and in need, like we need to set our own agendas aside and make some time to just be with these people. Um, one of the things that really struck me when God was talking to me about like, what did Job's friends do to help comfort him? Um, the one thing, the first thing that stuck out to me was that they saw him and they didn't recognize him. Mm -hmm. Um and God was like, you know, you need to acknowledge yeah. the crisis. And I think that's step number one for a lot of people. Like, you don't need to know what's going on. They didn't ask him, like, hey, what happened? What's going on You're with right. your skin? <laughs> you know, like, you don't, you don't look so well. Like, what have you been eating? Like, they're not trying to, they weren't trying to criticize him. They weren't trying to figure out you know, the root of the problem, they just knew mm -hmm. that there was something wrong. And um, it says that they, they saw him mm -hmm. from a distance. And they didn't even like, they didn't have to go into his house, they didn't have to like, sit down and have a conversation with him to right. know that there was something wrong. And I think it takes that step, um, that initial step for people to just say, Okay, I don't know what it's like to be black in America. I don't know. Um, what it's like to grow up that way. I don't know what it's like to face police brutality or injustice or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. I don't understand that. But from what I can see, right. something's wrong, right? Like recognizing that there there is a suffering, there is a crisis. I think that's, that's helpful. I mean, what do you think as, as an African-American in America, if somebody... Is that like a step that would help you like to bring you comfort, like people recognizing like, yes, yeah, most definitely, um, because, I, you know, there have been like instances that even like my friends have dealt with this um, and like something will happen. You know, considered races are very unfair. And then if you were to tell someone, they're like, well, I don't think that's probably what they meant. I don't think it was meant to be racist. And it's kind of like, um, that's not really comfort. If you just listen to what I'm telling you, then you will understand. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's another reason why some people just kind of, you know, quote unquote, stick to their, their people because, you know, the, their people understand what it's like when you tell someone, oh, I walked into a store and they just kept following me around or they kept asking me, do you need help? Do you need help? You know, I, that was uncomfortable because clearly they thought I was trying to steal something because they didn't go and ask the white person if they mm. needed help. You know, someone might say, oh, they probably just wanted to help you. And it's like, no, they wanted to keep an eye on me because they think that I'm trying to steal something. Um, so things like right. that. And so it's, I think it's, you know, it's very comforting when someone sees something or they hear something and they take a step back and they're like, hmm, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah, like, something's not, off there. A, I think I just yeah. want to kind of, you know, investigate that or just ask more questions like, well, how are you feeling? Or why do you feel that it was racist or very unfair? And then when you tell them, they kind of, they can kind of listen more. <laughs> they still don't understand. You can point them into the direction of maybe some research or some historical things that they need to look at to kind of understand why, mm. you know, X, Y, and Z was wrong or unfair. Um, 
So I think that also definitely helps because, you know, when people do their research, then they can see, you know, why something might not be cool. Um, and actually, this I will say mention something that happened yesterday. So, you know, with all of the things going on in social media, a lot of brands and um, groups um, are, you know, making posts about, hey, hey, we're for you, we're here for you, things like that. Um, but there was one group in particular that I did join, the ones we are part of, and it's for, um, you know, women in business, and it's for all women in business, right? But the majority of the women in the group mm -hmm. are white women. And so I expected them, because of the type of group that it is, I expected them to at least, you know, acknowledge what is going on and mention, like, you know, we're here mm -hmm. for Black women in business, we're in this group, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so I saw a notification that they had posted. So I went to the post and I was reading it and I was like, wait a minute, this is a very all lives matter post. And I had to read it like maybe like 10 times to figure out like, wait a minute, did they really just say we're all going through something right now? And that how can we help all mm. of you get through this? Please name your business and how we can help you. And I looked at the comments and it was all white women naming their businesses and like, oh, this is so cool. Thanks for the support. And I'm like, wait, 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 pause. During this time. <laughs> yes, somebody is a little disconnected. Another group that I'm part of and the person, which is, you know, majority white women, and they had acts like, hey, you know, we want to support black women in business, name your businesses or name other businesses ran by black women that we can shout out. And I'm like, see, like, see, like how they are getting what's going on. And so I had to pray about it. Yeah. I wanted to comment and say, basically call them out. But I was trying to do it in a very Christ like way, because no one needs any more arguments <laughs> in comment sections. Right. We are tired of. Yes. Yes. So I had to pray about it. And I'm like, Lord, like. I'm really getting kind of like agitated because I really want to say something, but I want to very say it. So I want to say it in a way so they're not like, oh, here comes the angry black woman again saying something. Yeah. So I prayed about it and I kept writing in my notes section, like on my phone, and I kept erasing it. <laughs> I write something else. And I finally had, you know, commented and I'm like, you know, this post is very tone deaf and tone deaf and it's very all lives matter. And I basically I just listed the historical reasons why you know, during this time, especially with black women owning businesses and how historically that is monumental, why you need to mention, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that you should be supporting black women in business during this time. Um, and so, you know, I just, I just listed a whole bunch of different things and maybe about 20 minutes, um, then one of the moderators of that group commented and they apologized. They're like, you know, we're so sorry <laughs> for doing that. Because I listen, you know, wow. the reason why a lot of us don't join these groups because we always feel left out. You never see us in the advertising photos for your events. Like you just always, always geared towards mm. white women. And I say, you know, I would have thought you would have stopped that trend today, but you didn't. <laughs> you decided to mm. keep the trend going. Um, and so they apologized and they made like yeah. another post um, basically wanting to recognize black women in business. Um, and I said, thank you um, for doing that. And so, um, you know, even stuff like that, like you just have to speak out sometimes, even if it might seem hurtful. Yeah, and I think, out. yeah. And I think sometimes people don't, they're so accustomed to what they've grown up doing, what, mm -hmm. what they've been doing, that they don't see right. how it may offend. And, um, I think it's important mm -hmm. to speak up just to make people like culturally right. aware. <laughs> like you live in, in the great melting pot called America. You need to be culturally aware, you know, like, um, so I think that's awesome that you even said anything and that it was received yeah. with grace because a lot of times it's not, um, <laughs> I was expecting you to be like, and they kicked me out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now officially blocked on their Facebook group. Um, but that's great that they recognize, okay, yeah, sorry, we, mm -hmm. they probably didn't even realize mm -hmm. what they were doing. But the fact that they took a pause and could recognize, like, okay, we did do something wrong here. Like, that says a greatness right. about them, you know, um, that they can even see that. And that brings me to, like, another point. Um, that God was really administering to me during this this week and this weekend um, was, you know, what does it really mean to mourn with those who mourn? 
and you know in the book of job so i'm going to keep going back to the book of job this is job chapter two that i'm referencing just in case anybody wants to go there but um in the book of job it says that his friends after they saw him they um pretty much just tore their robes sprinkled dust on their head and they wailed and they wept and they cried um and like Job wasn't even next to them yet, you know. <laughs> they, they literally just saw him and like knew there was something wrong, and they started mm-hmm. weeping for him and with him. And um, it just makes me think like I I had prayed a prayer a long long time ago um, when I was going first started going through my own healing journey, and I was like, Lord, make my heart a heart of flesh. I don't want my heart mm-hmm. to be a heart of stone anymore. Because when you go through your own suffering and your own pain and your own experiences, you tend to harden your heart towards things. And um, that's how you get into like this mindset of like, I'm just going to stick with my own people and I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to do that because you've been hurt and you don't Mm -hmm. want to be hurt like that again. And God really was like, you know, in order for you to have a heart of flesh, you have to be willing and open to be hurt again. It's not that people are automatically going to treat you right. the way that you want to be treated, but it's that even if they don't treat you right, you are okay in the place that you're in, mm-hmm. like you're in a place of healing. So you're okay in the place that you're in to be able to speak up and to say something and then, mm-hmm. you know, take it from there. But you're not going to just like cut people off and be like, <laughs> you know, screw you. I'm like, you know, like, right. I'm out of here, whatever. Um, but for those of us who are not people of color, we really need to recognize what it, what it is to mourn with those who mourn. I, I may not understand, um, you know, what it is to be you, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that I can't reach a place where I can mourn with you and feel what you're feeling. Um, it doesn't mean that my heart can't break Mm -hmm. when your heart is broken you know what I mean? And um, just just knowing that that moderator in that group recognized that problem, that that to me shows me that mm-hmm. her heart is not a heart of stone. You know, like she can actually be like, oh, okay, yeah. I see your pain. You know, like I see your injustice and right. I'm going to try to <laughs> fix it for you. Um, and I think that's what America really mm-hmm. needs is people like that. You know, people who have a heart of flesh you can actually feel things you know for other people and not just say oh well you're just Mm -hmm. angry oh well you're just this you're just that and Mm -hmm. kind of like brush it off and cause a distraction and say you know what let's just distract people from this comment and lead them over here so everything's all all good and all happy but no let's address it and let's feel what they're feeling and let's fix it and I think if we had more people like that in America, um, we would see yeah, a change. Definitely. Definitely. Um, like just empathy. <laughs> Jesus was all about empathy. And yeah, so empathy. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, we have to have empathy. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's also a time to speak mm-hmm. and there's a time to be silent. And um, I, I mean, I've seen comments all over the place like, oh, right. if you're not speaking <laughs> up, you're like, your silence is you know, your silence right. is pretty much saying that you're that's against us. And that's not necessarily <laughs> true either. Like, yeah, that's let's calm down, true. everybody. You know, I, have, I have some friends who, like, they didn't post on social media, but they reached out to me, and I'm pretty sure they reached out to their other Black friends personally um, and have, you know, said what mm-hmm. they wanted to say or asked questions. But also, those are the, also the same people that I know throughout like, all throughout the years I've known them have always had said something or stuck by my side they didn't have to post it on social media to do it they right. always had said something and I feel like that's what really matters is the action piece because when all of this is over and you know my, my, what next month you know when the height dies down you know people mm-hmm. who post it what are you yeah. what are you doing next <laughs> you know and so I, what really mm-hmm. matters is the action piece to it yeah so um this mm-hmm. last point that I want to make mm-hmm. now that we're talking about it um, was the fact that Job's mm-hmm. friends sat with him on the ground mm-hmm. for seven days and seven nights yeah. and said nothing. They were silent yeah. for, for a whole week because, and I was like, why, why God? And it says it in the verses um, that they didn't speak because yeah. they saw that his suffering was great. 
And sometimes like we're so, how do I want to put this? We're so independent and we're so um, strung up on this idea that we have freedom of speech that we just start speaking at a turn because we have the right to speak. You know, we have the right to say something. And um, I really think as, you know, there are people who don't know Christ who might be listening to this, but if you do know Christ and you call yourself a Christian, um, it's like that quick to listen, Mm -hmm. slow to speak kind of thing. Like you need to be able to like listen to people and not just always Mm -hmm. regurgitate your feelings out. and I feel like a lot of people just get emotional and they just start saying stuff mm-hmm. and they start trying to evaluate things. It's like with the whole um, rioting and looting and, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand right. the frustration behind it. I understand right. what people are trying to say. Um, they may not be mm-hmm. saying it the right way, but I'm not going to go on social media and be like, I don't understand why people are out here, you know, destroying right. their own cities. and blah, blah, blah. Um, right. That just doesn't help. It doesn't help. Um, and I see so many people just out there just making comments about how they don't understand why people are destroying their own cities. You're not going to understand why people are destroying their own cities. And it's fine. Exactly. But you don't need to make a comment about it either. You know, like, Sometimes you just need to be silent and see that people right. are suffering and mourn with them. Right. Like just mourn with them. Doesn't mean that you go out and you throw a brick <laughs> at a building too, but you know, like feel their pain and feel right. their frustration and pray for them. Um, because I'm pretty sure in those silent days, those silent nights where Job's friends were like just sitting on the ground with him. Right. I mean, I'm sure they're praying for him. I'm sure they're like thinking, you know, good thoughts about him and like mm-hmm. oh god how can i help how can i help you know a lot of us are like that we're in that moment where we're like you know god i want to help my friends i want to help my family i want to help um these people who are suffering but sometimes speaking yeah. out is not helpful and it's okay like it's okay i've seen people who are like i just right. don't know what to say in this time like i don't know i don't know um you know how to speak out about this right. and it's okay like you don't have right. to you don't have to. Um, I choose to speak out because mm-hmm. I have a different understanding mm-hmm. of it than most people do. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and comment on things that aren't, aren't going to be right. helpful, but I am going to say something. Um, but if people feel like, you know, I have no idea what to say because I'm so disconnected from this suffering, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to say, and they choose right. not to say anything, that's fine. You know, like, don't comment right. on things that you don't understand. <laughs> I, I'd rather you not comment, you know, on things that you don't understand than try to, um, you know, figure it out through your Facebook post. Like, let's not let's not make Facebook your personal journal. Like, if you, you have an issue that you're trying to work through, like, yes, go ahead and journal through that, John. But don't, <laughs> don't come on Facebook and, like, create this whole post because then all you're doing is stirring up um, more emotions out of other people, more anger, more frustration, and it doesn't help comfort anyone. Um, So I think in this season, we really just need to focus on how is it, how can we comfort those who are suffering Mm -hmm. if we are not suffering ourselves? Um, And that's, you know, that's pretty much the question that I want to leave you with. So like, (laughs) how can we Sequoia, help you like how can we um comfort yeah. black america right now well you know um, in this suffering to what romans 12 4 i believe about um how all of us have you know it's one body with many members and we don't all have the same function right so mm. that means if you're not able to you know people are asking for donations to certain organizations but if you can't do that don't do that if you don't feel led to do that don't do that but donating to certain organizations that kind of help us um with our like education maybe our neighborhood or things like that you can definitely donate um every, everyone should pray <laughs> pray for strength and and comfort and for right. this to end and for you know because you know, racism in all different types of forms, you know, you don't see it recorded, you know, it's all different types of forms. And so maybe just pray for like us to get, you have strength for certain, you know, injustice, like to stop um, things that are happening to us, you know, just pray. Um, 
also like speak up or have your eyes and your ears open to certain things um, from now on speak up when those things are happening. Mm. You know, there was a, it's a funny story, but my um, brother and I, <laughs> we were in a store, like very, very, very expensive store. <laughs> and we just wanted to check it out. And so we walked in, you know, some one person greeted us as we're walking around the store. We noticed someone was following us and we were just like, why <laughs> does he keep following us? But we also see other people <laughs> noticing this and no one is saying anything. So we're just kind of walking around. And so as my brother right. keeps walking, we hear like a noise and come to find out the guy who was following us, he tripped and he fell because he was trying to, you know, really catch up with us. <laughs> and I'm like, see, <laughs> see that's what you get. And everyone just in the store just is kind of looking. <laughs> and I'm like, see, someone number one should have said something. But we had walked out of the store we looked mm. outside and there was a sign that said that this store is under review because they have been um, there had been complaints about um, people following around the store. Basically, some racism going profiling in the store. So I was like, see, someone did speak up, but mm. this person is still doing that. <laughs> and so I'm just like, like, why, you know, but people yeah. need to keep their eyes and their ears open. And so if they see something or if they hear something, you can just step in and say, hey, like, what's going on? You know, the person doing this, you need to stop. You need to mind your business, right. number one. <laughs> it starts with minding your own business. Leave this person mm. alone. So that's, you know, that's another way. Um, but then again, not everyone is able to do that, right? But that's okay. Um, you can, you know, ask questions to your friends who are Black. Um, ask them, like, what can I do? And they can tell you individually how you can help them. But also they can, like, you know, do more research. They can watch documentaries on Netflix that are out right now that really speak to what we have been dealing with. Um, some of us, don't, you know, a lot of us, you know, who are Black, we sometimes don't even realize that we kind of have some trauma that we're dealing with. And it's generational. Um, and we just kind of go through life and wondering why, like if something happens, we snap easily or we feel sad or we talk a certain way or things like that. Or we, we're kind of anxious around people or like when you mentioned when cops come and we get a little antsy because we're like, OK, will this be the day that something could happen? And it, it, it won't. It probably yeah. won't. Um, but it still kind of keeps you on edge um, where there's a lot of like health, physical health reads, like high blood pressure. You know, we have heart problems, you know, there's so much stuff that's going on. And so it's like great for our friends to just kind of also see that, see why we have some trauma, see why there's a lot of young black men who are depressed. It's not just because, you know, these have different feelings, but it's because there's the world is against them. The system is not made for us. And so they have to walk through life like that um and so just kind of I, mm. I don't know just kind of looking at that those things doing your research reading the books going to the museums you know going to our events um, things like mm -hmm. that if you see that we're upset that someone keeps wearing cornrows and they're calling it box braids you should probably ask why we are upset that they're changing the form of cornrows to box braids <laughs> <laughs> you know or you know just something things like that um so just kind of like looking at the history, yeah. like not forgetting what we learned in history class, you know, they'll always be like, oh, slavery, you know, get over it. But like, how can we, when we're still kind of living off of that culture, like exactly. That culture, Especially it's, it's embedded into your culture. Ancestors, you know, yeah. some of us are the ancestors of slave owners. Um, I will admit that, but um and it's very, you know, mm -hmm. kind of very close down the line. It's not that far off <laughs> in my family in particular. Um, my grandfather mm -hmm. was biracial. Um, and on his birth certificate, it says mulatto. It does not say black. And so um, that is very, very close to me mm, and okay. having that history. And so, um, you know, with that, you know, white people today, they're living off of the benefits of what the slave owners you know, have done. So even kind of realizing that you don't have to be guilty for it, <laughs> but just kind of realizing that like, wow, I really mm -hmm. have this white privilege and I kind of need to check it and also make sure I'm not causing my friends any harm with my white privilege. Um, that was a lot. <laughs> but right. I kind of go on and on and on. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about this because it's just, I'm living yeah. this, um, this reality, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah it's a triggering topic <laughs> for sure it's a triggering topic but um also i'll end with this like we all really need mm -hmm. to reevaluate our own hearts and if there's anything in us mm -hmm. that isn't pleasing to god 
So if there's any prejudices in us that maybe we don't realize that we have, but, um, you know, they were saying like, are you going to be okay if your daughter marries a black man? And if you are, okay, Mm -hmm. well, is your mother going to be okay with that? Mm -hmm. Is your aunt going to be okay with that? You know, like trying to find out kind of like what you were saying, what the root of the issue is. Um, Because sometimes we feel uncomfortable in situations, but we don't really know why. And it's kind of because, you know, we've we've Mm -hmm. been raised in this culture um, that has kind of embedded that prejudice or that racism in us already, and we haven't dealt with it. Um, So I would really say, like, we, we all really just need to take some time to reevaluate our own um, prejudices, our own hearts, and really give that up to God and say, God, if there's anything mm-hmm. in me that is not of you, that is unclean, um, that's rooted mm-hmm. in evil, you know, take it from me and help me, help me to be more like you. Because God's heart is um, for all mm-hmm. people, all races, all nations mm-hmm. um, to be one and to live in unity and to live in love. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with us, right? It starts with our own heart and then trying to protect our people, mm-hmm. meaning all people, mm-hmm. right? All of our friends, all of our family mm-hmm. and um, looking out for them right. wherever wherever it may be. <laughs> um, so thank you Sequoia so much for talking to me. Um, I know that no matter what, we'll probably get some some pushback because it's just a sensitive right. issue. It's a sensitive topic. People get emotional about it. And I'm not <laughs> expecting everybody to be on our side <laughs> when it comes to this conversation. Um, so I just really want um, my podcast to reflect what it's meant to reflect. And that's the father's heart. And um, I'm so grateful that you're my friend. I'm so grateful that I have, mm-hmm. you know, many black friends in my life. I'm so glad that my daughter has you to look up to. Um, I mean, you're, you're a rock star, you you're doing so much. And it's just, it's just amazing that, you know, I admire you. I know she can admire you growing up. And it's just, I'm just so blessed. I'm so blessed to have you in my life. Um, So thank thank you. you. Thank you so much for um, talking to me. And um, if anybody wants to send me your story or send me a message or um, like, I just want to use this platform to help people, you know, like you Sequoia to share your story, share um, what your experiences are and to know that it's okay. You know, it's okay to talk about life because that's, that's what we're all living. We're all living life, you know? So um, like, it's okay to talk about issues. It's okay to talk about our sufferings and um, our trials and our tribulations and Mm -hmm. to honor God with those things, right. To just reflect God's heart on those things and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been through things, but God, you know, Um, and that's really how I want to end this is just, let's just point people back to God. Cause if you point them back to God, they'll find God's heart and they'll know Mm -hmm. um, what their heart should be like. So if you guys have any messages, anything that you want to say, I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes for you guys where you can actually leave me messages. You can always hit me up on social media. <laughs> uh, you can find Sequoia at SequoiaFreeman.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to our conversation. And I hope and pray that it Thank blessed you. Thank you. you. Thank you, Sequoia. I love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you've been touched by this podcast, please share this with someone you love. You can share your story with us by sending me a message on social media at Adriana K. Guadalupe or emailing us at info at AdrianaGuadalupe.com.